the enemy. His sense of duty was no less than yours, I deem. You wonder what his name is, where he came from, and if he was really evil at heart. What lies or threats led him on this long march from home? If he would rather not have stayed there in peace. War will make corpses of us all. Bind the hands. It's like that's what he says to end the scene. Bind their hands. Bind their hands. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am so glad you chose that quote. Yeah. Like right before this, I was like, I know I had one and I forgot what it was. And I knew, you know, right before this is the potatoes. Like, of course, you know, most famous gif of all time (laughs) from this trilogy. Um, But just that and this again, an. They cut out all the Faramir stuff that shows every single piece of his character. And this was one of the first ones where it's just like this describes he's talking about himself. Like he's literally talking about himself and like why he's out here fighting. And he doesn't he's not a warrior. He's not his brother. And I love I love this about him. I think I think it's even more layered than that. And I actually had this joke written for when we got to this part but like therapy must have been so affordable in Gondor because he's really coming from like a a place of empathy for this uh, man from the east that they're fighting like he's recognizing that this man also believed in his cause yeah there's a lot of empathy he's I mean he has a duty but it's like you know sometimes I find myself with on with this conundrum as well because the world is so polarized or at least Twitter makes you feel like everyone has a completely different opinion from you. Everyone got to that opinion somehow naturally and without malice usually. Yeah. You know, not everyone is a raging white supremacist. They just might be a little prejudiced or racist. You know, not every man's a raging misogynist. They were just raised with some outdated behaviors doesn't mean those behaviors are correct. But most people when faced with those opportunities to go, Oh, I don't want to actually be that kind of person. I did that. You know, um, I'm sure if you were to talk to that man that they killed, that he's talking about, he believed that Rohan or that Gondor was the enemy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's Vermeer is who, I feel like by not including that in the movie theatrical cuts, you're doing him a huge disservice. They really nerf Faramir. They do, they do him dirty, and we talked about this before, but they really they really underplayed how wonderful of a character Faramir is. They really did, and they they I feel like in the theatrical cut they made him just like Boromir 2.0, like with the same kind of like weaknesses and stuff like that. And yeah, like he. He ends up, you know, doing the right thing and letting them go, but it, they, you don't see why. Well, and I, I, do they cut out the Denethor scene too, where after they take back us? Oh yes, and that's that for me. You can cut out literally everything if you told me you would leave that in, and that would I would be okay. Because like it really, it really makes you understand the drive. Even more so for Boromir and Faramir. If you're gonna yes. if you're gonna do Faramir dirty, at least 
show us that, you know? So we're in the middle of our Two Towers deep dive, which is our overall series of the movies. Ben and I are picking it apart. We're doing three episodes per film, having a darn blast. And yes, this is uh, the part of Two Towers where we do get Faramir. We kind of get, you know... What's his face? Theoden is back in action uh, for good or for bad. And we get some Faramir. It's pretty, pretty interesting uh, middle part. It's also, this is a long movie. I forgot that it was a four hour cut. Like, because <laughs> like some of that, some of that is credits, but not the majority of it. I remember like watching this with Alex back, back last Christmas. And I'm like, it's not that long, but it is long when you're trying to break this up into three parts. Yes, exactly. So what we left off on last week was um, the White Wizard, a.k.a. Gandalf. So now we're like about to, you know, we meet Shadowfax. The guys are headed toward, um, they're headed toward Rohan. Yeah. Edoras. Edoras is, Rohan is the kingdom. Is that right? Or Yeah, it's like, like Gondor is the land and Minas Tirith is the capital. Uh, Rohan is the 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 land and and Edoras is the capital. Is the capital. I, yeah. uh, ha, ha, ha. Gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just seeing uh, you know Gandalf talk about his his death. Basically, you know that was like it, it was just enough of the Balrog fight to be you know because you know it's hard to to make it look realistic of like a twenty five foot tall shadow flame monster fighting a sixty five year old man look good, but they uh-huh. did it totally. Um, and it was awesome. And then I smote his ruin on the mountainside. How? So was that Karadras? What did he say? The low, like the the from lowest the, dungeon on the highest peak, or is it the highest peak on the lowest dungeon? Like, I I thought it's from the lowest dungeon to the highest peaks. So oh, like okay, he was like traveling, is. fighting this bro. So I like, think it is Karadras. Because yeah. that's kind of, but kind of it's crazy. Like no one sees, we saw a Balrog flying the other day and there was some, it, you know, it's kind of like uh, Kurt Russell in Guardians 2 where you're like, is that man on top of the ship? <laughs> like yeah. no one sees a Balrog like running around. I, I guess I just don't, did this happen in a different realm also? did No, they, like, no, this is our realm. It's just, you know. So there's then, no, okay, you know there's how no I read a world star or, you know, Twitter to post it on. Oh, my God, look at this. <laughs> you know how I always pictured it? Because, you know, in the beginning of the movie, we see Gandalf fall through get with the Balrog, whether it's a dream or not, into the water. I kind of pictured the way that Gandalf and Balrog fell was like how you can play a, a Mario old school game where you go from one side of the screen and you pop out the other side. They just like yeah. fell to the bottom of the screen and came back to the top of the screen. I I, I don't know how the world works for them. But also, Gandalf dies. He actually dies. He dies. And, and the Valar like he, send him back. Yeah, the Valar send him back because there was an imbalance in power. And they're like, okay, Saruman the White is no longer... Uh, he is swarming the multicolored, I think is what they say in the book. Oh, sure. That's right. And, uh, so we need you to go back and fix this balance. Right. And it's not like even like a guarantee that they're going to win. He does say, you know, I come back to you at the turn of the tide, but right. things are, are uncertain, but you know, it's like they're, it's like the, what is it? The, 
Wrath of the Titans or Clash of the Titans, you know, where you see like oh. all the, the Greek gods, you know, like playing with little basically action figures of people. It's kind of like sure. what the, the the Valar are just like, oh, let's let's put this. What would you call Gandalf? Like a bishop? Uh, wow. Yeah, I guess he would be a bishop. Yeah, that I, sounds I think about bishop. Right. Uh, and then putting him wow. back in, on the board. You know who would love this conversation? Alexander uh, boyfriend. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Alexander Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think his, his, his legal name now is Alexander boyfriend. <laughs> Actually, I was streaming once, and our mutual friend Cameron Rice came in, and someone was like, "What's Alex? Alex's last name?" And uh, Cameron, before without missing a beat, was like, uh, "Alex Nerdy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, uh, also. Okay. Did they whitewash Shadowfax? I do think so. Why do they make like his name is Shadowfax? He's a gray horse. I oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know that they could get the silver sheen that Shadowfax casts. Why not? Um I you know, that's a good question because they sure made Galadriel glow and they sure made Arwen glow. And they right. even make later on, they make Eowyn glow when she's singing the funeral dirge. You could make a horse glow. And you don't and this is the thing, you don't need to do it every time. Like you just need to do it with the first time Gandalf whistles for him and he comes around that corner, which Gosh, is a gorgeous shot. Yeah, because he's not a white horse for he's not for movie imagery. I understand it, but it's also don't give Legolas and Gimli a white horse then. But I guess yeah. that's another thing too. It's like against that horse that Legolas and Gimli were given by Aomer, then you have to have an even. I thought you actually literally meant did they paint the horse white? I do think they covered that horse even like with like white over it to make it even oh, more. Oh, you think so? Okay. There's probably like elements of, because that horse is a beautiful horse. As a, as a gorgeous horse. As, I, have, I have no qualms against the horse itself. But I do think you can't <laughs> find like a specimen like that, all also all white. So I would imagine they like maybe had to like cover up spots or like hooves. Like, of course there are white horses, but anyway. Um, also like Shadowfax like cooks and we don't ever see that. You know, like that's the thing is that, like, you know, we see later on, or I guess it's in Return of the King, you know, when they're going to Minas Tirith, but just like we don't see the true power of this horse. No, like I don't know that we ever do. Like, doesn't he take him from Theoden too? That's the best part that we that they just don't have the time to deal with it. But yeah, like, is it Rohan or like Edoras mad that like, oh, Gandalf took our best horse? Yeah, uh, he's not. Gandalf's not welcome because <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to borrow the horse. Like basically, Gandalf was like had like a secret conversation with Shadowfax, like you're mine, right? And Shadowfax is like, yep, I am. But like because no one else speaks horse unless you're Aragorn or Gandalf, like it's Shadowfax is Theoden King's horse yeah so that's why i don't know what a maris is when um legolas calls shadowfax a maris but it's probably like an elven horse or something like one of the original literal horse lords um jessica's whitewashing the elvish word maris 
It's not. I don't know what. I don't know what the word "Ameris" is, but <laughs> I I, the only "Ameris" I know is America. Literally, <laughs> I thought he said "Mares." Like he's that's a female horse. I really thought that that's what he said. <sighs> Meras. I actually ordered camarones the other day at a Spanish restaurant. Now, did Gandhi fight him on Caradris? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Caradis. Caradis. <laughs> I just don't want to sound like a fool going Meras. No, I, no, I get it. It's like, you know. Sometimes I can't, I can't let myself do it. You know what I mean? No, I get it. It's so, it's so funny because like people be like, oh, can I get a shot of Patron? I'm like, you don't, you don't need to do that. It's okay. You can call it Patron. Everyone says Patron. No one yeah. says Patron. Let's go Patron. Patrona. Yo soy Patrona. Yeah. Uh, do you know what that means, right? The boss? Yeah. The head. Yeah, the, the patron. Head. There we go. Um, yeah. So I whitewashed that also. Anyway, yes, he belonged to Theoden. Gandalf takes Shadow Axe, doesn't give him back. And then they finally, like, once Theoden comes back, um, explains to him, like, this is my horse, basically. It's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty wonderful. Um, so what's interesting, too, is Gandalf kind of, like, tells Aragorn, like, what's going on. Which is interesting because, like, the Valar should know everything that's going on pretty much because they're the gods. And so Gandalf comes back with all this information and says, like, Sauron's afraid that the the, the whispers of the the heir to Numenor or whatever, the Dunedain, has come. And he's scared of you, which is, is good because I don't think we get the Palantir scene where Aragorn looks into the Palantir and Sauron's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and And, like basically releases his armies early because so this is an interesting way to let us know that Sauron is actually afraid of the heir to Isildur yeah it's such a good scene because one I have like a, a funny relationship to this scene I'm sure a lot of Xbox game players have it as well is that this scene is not in the theatrical cut but it is in the two towers video game it's at the end of the two towers video game after you beat the Helm's Deep level uh, it's this conversation, you know, with this blue light on Aragorn and Gandalf, and it's not in the theatrical cut. It's just in the game. And so when the extended version came out and this was, I was like, hey, it's from the video game. Like, no I thought way. they I thought they had literally shot this scene just for the game because, you know, it's just two actors standing with a blue light behind him. That could have taken, you know, five seconds. Yeah. Um, and yeah, th this was so funny to, to watch. And so every time I see this scene, uh, it's like. Oh, this is from the Two Towers video. I don't know it's not from the video game, but it's it's one of those things that was a video game exclusive for a long time. And That's actually really charming. And sweet. It is. It's so great. Great, great Xbox game. So two really good Xbox games with Return of the King, and I miss movie tie-in video games. Ugh. Totally. I mean, I did really try to make the Superman N64 game work for a long time. It's um, nothing. It's You fly through rings. <laughs> you you just fly through rings. Do you That's remember it. how bad the Spider-Man one was, too? They really, they hey, really PS2 Spider-Man was good, and then, and then like, PS4 Spider-Man is, like, insanely good. Uh, yeah, I was. Ne I never had those big consoles. I was always a, a N60. I think we had PlayStation 1 five years after it was released. Yeah. Um, what I love about this scene, especially, though, is, like, Basically, Gandalf's got it all figured out, kind of catching Aragorn up, but doesn't know that Sam is with Frodo and is so moved by that. It's so good. Like, this is such 
an acting masterclass of like every day the ring gets closer to Mordor, and then he's like, oh, and same with him. Did he? Like, yeah. it's just the perfect mixture of like the two Gandalfs that we know. Like the old, it's like it is literally Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White. It's almost like Gollum and Smeagol, his own version of it, where there's just like this hearted version of Gandalf that has come back to win the War of the Ring. And then Gandalf the Grey, who's like this goofy traveler who, yeah, he can get serious at times, but he just loves the world and loves exploring and loves his hobbits. And it's such a great scene and just a, a master class of acting from Ian McKellen. And it goes right back to, you know, knowing the hobbits for however many years and they can still surprise you, you know, so, 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 so sweet. Um, yeah, because they're not all knowing, but they know a lot of things going on for sure. Yeah. Uh, we get, we find, we move on to seeing them together. They get to the Black Gate here. Oh, wait, we, we skipped over right? Treebeard. Uh, Did we? The hop- this is like, it goes back to. Oh, to yeah. Pippin. Pippin. This is where Pippin went to sleep. Yeah. I mentioned it last episode. So that's why I forgot. Yep. Yeah, he is. He falls asleep, and I, I love you know the poem that uh, Treebeard uh, gives them, talking about. You wanted to talk about the Entwives. Ta- tell me about the Entwives. Oh well, I just feel sad about the Entwives having been gone. My question is, and I, and I wonder what you think. They say that they lost the Entwives, and if you go to the um, books, there's a theory that they're in the old growth florist that Mary talks about when he starts again, puts it together. Like the genius that Mary is like, it's the trees. They're alive. You know? Yeah. Um, there's a theory that the Entwives, when they find out about that old growth forest, that that's where the Entwives are. But the Entwives are dead. I think. I think they're dead. They're dead. And it's like a real bummer, man. I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at. So you think they're gone too, right? Like I think they're gone too. Um, I, I just think did, the Entwives you... left. Like yeah. the Entwives did leave them. They're like, we're I mean, gonna go check out this forest or something. It's also like that. insane. Like I think we. It's crazy how big Fangor. We we don't realize how big things are. Like yeah, cities are big. Forests are big. Deserts are big. Like these are huge. <laughs> geographical things that go on for so so long and like just seeing like the overhead shots of like quote unquote i don't know what forest they use but just like fangorn forest where it's just so gorgeous and like you know the the deeper they go into it you know the the more wild that it gets right it's weird we don't see a lot of wildlife though like you know we see that's an interesting point we see aragorn kill the deer and, you know, in The Hobbit, we see the Raskabel rabbits and Treebeard talks about Ents and we see like birds and stuff like that. But we really don't see a lot of animals in Middle Earth. Are they, are they, are they like hiding? Is it the, I mean, because we don't see a lot as Sam and Frodo are getting closer to Mordor. They talk about that. Often. That I understand. That I totally understand. I, but like, but I'm are just talking we about not, like in Fangorn. Yeah, I, I wonder if we don't see that because of um, the state of the world. It's possible. Also, I'm curious too, to that point, how much are they actually making these sets of each outside area? Like, are they going places or what? I feel like the scene where Mary and Pippin drink the Ent draft, um, that's I think gotta that's be, a set. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. 
said to you know build the the moving moving tree stems and stuff like that and tree roots yeah and that happens in a little bit right um yes. crazy but yeah, yeah that one get... is for sure is but they do a really good job whatever is seen or you know whatever is studio versus like actual forest or actual like outside they do a great job of like filling it out and making it look realistic oh it's so good it's so so good and i never want to see like i like seeing set photos but i never really want to see you know like where's the green screen and i don't care like no, i know totally. they 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 used a lot of on set stuff on on location things and i'm okay with it oh yes, yeah next you we have do to. go to Mary, uh, Sam and Frodo and Gollum at the Black Gate of Mordor. Sam is the worst. Ding for Sam. Tell me why. I'm oh, no, just kidding. But but he's so he's so klutzy, and they're like, well, I guess we got to go into the Black Gate, even though we know this is not going to go well. You know, the doors start opening. You really get to see the cruelty of Mordor with like, granted, like. Those big trolls that open the door, they're not nice. We know all about them because of the Hobbit movies. But yeah. they're like slaves. That's all they do. That That is true. I do love like the simple mechanics of like how they open this giant metal gate. So I kind of like that. It's very cool. Just from It's like, so cool. It's such a great shot. You don't have electronic stuff. You don't have, you know... Yeah, gas-powered. Yeah, yeah, correct. So something's got to open that gigantic gate. So it is fascinating just the machinations of it. But, but it is my, like... My yikes. favorite part about this okay. is that every time... And from day one, I saw this on day one. Okay. When they show the black gate, you know, on top of all the orcs, there's like, you know, orcs patrolling, there's orcs watching over, there's orcs like standing there with a bow and arrow. There are two orcs that are having a casual conversation. I, yes, I know. <laughs> What are like? I have noticed. I've never seen orcs just like in no other form of Middle Earth ever have orcs just like been chatting. They're always working. They're always evil and man, meat and bones and uh, your filth. Like, and they're always fighting. So these like shout out. I hope these guys made it out because you know they're buddies. They're you know. You can't find work anywhere these days, and they're just in the middle. This is just a day job for them. They're just in the middle of a shift. I actually love that they included this because it kind of goes to show that, like, no one's coming to do anything bad at the Black Gate. That, like, yeah, of course people are watching it or orcs are watching it day and night. Yeah. But, but there's, like, no impending threat, and that's what that illustrates to me. Yeah. But it's so true. They're just bros. <laughs> like, They're just bros. <laughs> That's so great. I that is I'm so I noticed that this time too, and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, they're just chatting up, man." I like love just, that. It's just you know, it's probably like a Wednesday or something like that. So it's yeah. like the middle of the week. They you know, it's r- probably right after their lunch break, so they probably got the little bit of the EPs right or now. Or it's like, like the it's like the like the changing guard. It's like one leader to the other. They're like, hey, yeah, Bill's just not pulling his weight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I just always have loved these two orcs that are just chatting it up at the most dangerous place in the world. Uh, at the gate, just like, yeah, man. That's fantastic. You know, what is that? What is that? 30 Rockets, like, oh, what a week, huh? Lemon, it's Tuesday. <laughs> like, I feel like it's that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have lives to some extent. They definitely, yeah. yeah, they don't have wives waiting back for them, but they definitely have lives for sure. I think Rings of Power did female orcs. I'm pretty sure they did. 
Did they? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Um, not like overtly or like, hey, me too. <laughs> you know, like look at all the female empowerment orcs. But just that like there also are female identifying orcs kind of like in the crowd, which I thought was interesting. Um, which would make sense if it's an corrupted elf, he's, you know, we're not making a difference. There's still arguments as to, like in the movie, they lay it down saying is that you are corrupted elves yeah. in the lore. It's not, it's like, maybe that is one of the reasons, or there's a couple other ways orcs were made. So it was never explicitly decided how, um, also, I don't think they ever talk about whether they can reproduce or not. Um, which I don't think I want to even talk about. But yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Either. Sam falls down. He's. I kind of understand Sam's motivation in this moment. Have you ever been like on a cliff doing like jumping, like diving into a lake before? Yes, of course. Okay, so it reminded me of this moment where I was like, I had to not to, had to, but it's like everyone was cliff diving and I was petrified and. It came to like this. My friend that I was with, she was making fun of me the whole time. Like, I'm a, I'm a little girl. You're not going to be able to do it. Blah, blah, blah. And I was scared. I'd never done anything like this in my life, especially being like a valley girl. You're not going to a watering hole, you know. Yeah. And we're in the middle of Texas. And I'm surrounded by a bunch of people. Anyway, there's a less than a foot long ledge. That's what you jump off. And then I, I knew I, that I had to go in that moment or I wasn't going to go. With, and without thinking, I jumped. The other side of that story is the person that was making fun of me stayed up there for an hour petrified and couldn't do it. So I I wasn't so much the, you know, little scaredy cat that they thought I was going to be. But I wouldn't have done it if I didn't make myself do it in that exact moment. And Sam is is doing that. He's like, I, I either we think about it and we don't do anything or we just go. And then he falls off. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, you know, they, they get there and they're like, okay, well, we're not getting past that, you know, this five-story solid steel gate surrounded by orcs and trolls and god knows what else um and then you know an army comes marching by and the gate starts to open and they're like this might they don't know they didn't even think they'd get here there's literally no other option there's no other option it is like soren set up a great place he is surrounded by an entire mountain range and unless you go all the way around the earth to get into the back of Mordor, which is, I think, open, but probably surrounded by walls, too. Like, or the ocean? Where? Let me look up a map of Middle Earth. Well, like, because I, I do believe Sauron knows Shelob's there, which, you know, if you've read the books or if you're not watching this for the first time along with us, Shelob shows up and Sauron and Shelob have like a, an agreement basically yeah like he's like i don't i don't care like but but it but it does protect whatever his flank is you know in a way too as long as a couple orcs go up there every now and then um i do think especially when they come circling around they do they do come across like what used to be a man's stronghold that was then overcome by orcs too. Yeah, I'm looking. Um, I'm sending you the link uh, to this map, and like the mountain range that surrounds Mordor goes on for so long. Really, like, there, there is no other way because the, the honestly the map just kind of ends. Like ah, I, like you look at Mordor and the map just ends. Like I don't know what Ekond is, so I guess there is land behind Mordor, but. 
you'd have to do quite a bit of hiking to get back there. That is, that is about more than a half of the journey not that Bilbo does. Yeah, to get to the other side of of Mordor, to get to the western side of Mordor. I don't even think you could do that. No, and that whole land has got to be Every, everyone barren. would be dead by the time you got there. Oh, I got the ring. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. At that point, no one's alive. Wow, this is really cool. So um, Ben just sent me this. It's the loaderproject.com, and they have an interactive map. That's very cool. You know who would have known this? Alex. Alex boyfriend. Boy. <laughs> Alex, Alex boyfriend. The name's the Alex. Alex boyfriend. boyfriend. Alex boyfriend. You know, like, the blue wizards are over here, too, doing something. Like, they're hanging out at the Sea of Ruin, like, oh, God, it's beautiful over here. Right. <laughs> what is going on? Nah, I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter to us. Yeah. What losers. But what I do love about this moment is um, watching, getting to see how effective the Lorian capes are. And it, they do it in such a cool way. I mean, we know it's a fake rock. Once Sam falls down, Frodo runs after him in the last minute when the Easterling dudes come to investigate what the sound off that rock face was. Um, Frodo covers them with the Lorian cape. And they look like a rock. But what's, what I didn't anticipate was that then they cast that rock off like it was cloth and it is such a cool little simple physical effect it is that works for me like you never it's probably like a cut in between like him you know the rock and him like throwing the cloak off no i don't think so i think they made that they made the um made cloth look like it was rock which is genius yeah but that cloak had to be like twice the size of what he's wearing oh it's not a real cloak it's just it's just like a a cloth i think it's like a big uh tarp or something yeah but yeah, and like I do love like the resilience of Sam. Like even after that, they're like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> right, a hundred percent. And I love the you don't have to go with me. It's like I know Mr. Frodo. Oh, he's just right behind him. So sweet. And, and Gollum and stops them because he te- definitely in this moment he doesn't want the ring to go to Sauron. That's the only reason. Yeah, there is no. I didn't want you to try and sneak in some. This is some good Gollum. That this is not. No, it's not. It's not because they're going to die and they know it. But that means the ring is going directly to Sauron. Yes. And 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 Gollum has every right to be afraid. Like it's this is where Gollum's motivation and the goal of the fellowship are in line. Yes. So, no, I I cannot say here that Smeagol (laughs) was was acting in good faith. A hundred percent. But he when he says there's another way. He's planning on – he's already planning on going to Shelob. Uh, you, you can think just see so? it. Yeah, I do. Okay. Because, A, he doesn't want the ring to go to Sauron. B, Shelob is – he knows where it is, and he even, like, hesitates before he says there's a tunnel. And the yeah. tunnel is Shelob, and he knows that because Shelob let him go. So – he is already going, well, I've already dealt with her. I already said I had to come back. And so I think he's putting it together that that's his only option here. Yeah. Why did she love let him go? Was he just like just skin and bones and nothing to eat or not worth uh, it? Yeah. Or I don't remember, but I feel like there was um, a deal that was made between them. 
Yeah. Either like luring orcs there or getting her more food or something like that. Um, but yeah, I also can imagine she loves like, I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's fair. But there was a deal that was made. I, I just can't recall it off the top of my head. Um, but then we do get back to Pippin and Mary. And I love this. Pippin's predicting their future of smoking some shire weed. Oh, yeah, is, some long bottom leaf. Which is really cute, actually, because we, you know, fast forward, we basically they do find it, which is just very funny. But this scene, I, at first I was like, why are the trees attacking Bear, Mary and Pippin after, you know, they're drinking the um, Ent draft and M- Pippin's, Pippin's getting taller. Um, and then the trees attack them. Yep. Which is a nod to what happens to them in the Barrowite downs when they get happened upon uh, Tom Bombadil, when Tom Bombadil f- saves them. Um, but like, I I do understand because then when Treebeard saves them, he's like, the trees are angry. They're fighting, yeah. you know. So it does make sense. Ultimately. Yeah, it's, it, it does because like the trees don't know that these aren't the people that have been cutting them down. Right. Like that's just happened. You know, we just saw Sormen say the, the forest of Fangor is on our doorstep. Like burn it all. Like Right. But but even even Treebeard doesn't know to the extent of what's No, he what's doesn't. Been. But I do love how Treebeard's like, You're not supposed to wake up, go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny to me. And I and I do like this. I like one. I wish that them being taller would have come into play a little bit more because it really does in the book. Yeah, like they look, they look so like everyone talks about how much more regal and empowering they look when they get back to the to the Shire mm-hmm. and they become kind of like the de facto generals of uh, the scoring of the Shire. Um, but especially like I love you know like you see like oh the trees are talking and even move and. Uh, and I like that. Oh, they really can. They're not just talking. And, you know, we'll, we'll sh- talk about it next time. But just like that, no, the trees are moving. Like they they form a, a line outside of Helm's Deep. And, ooh, that's terrifying. I mean, what we don't even deal with in the movie is, is this um, very fast shadow-like, uh, basically like bush people <laughs> that yeah. eviscerate whoever they come in contact with. It is some of the most unsettling pros out there and they don't even deal with that. But the trees moving in this is enough and over overpowering and scary and does the trick. But those bush things, whatever they were, I can't remember. There is a phrase for them. Frightening stuff. True. Truly frightening. It makes me and feel so, yeah. oh yeah, no thank you. No thank you. Um but yeah, very terrifying and a, a horrible way to die being slowly suffocated by a tree. Oh no thank you. Yeah, that'd be pretty bad. So now we get to uh, Theoden, uh, Theodred dies, right? Theodred dies, yes. Theodred dies. Uh, Theoden looks, looks like insane. I remember watching this in the film, in the, in the movie, uh, hello, theater. I couldn't believe it was the same actor because he looked so old and it looked like an, an older actor. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. So I didn't realize they. Theoden was being played by a young man. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, I when I first saw, I was like, this is Theoden? Like, I remember, you know, I'd, I'd read the book recently, so I was 
I was like, okay, I know he's under the spell of Saruman, but I didn't picture, like, the spell being like this. I didn't, like, the corruption and, like, a literal poison being in him like this. So right, right. I thought it was a really, really cool, like, interpretation of that. So when he changes back, I was like, oh, okay, you need that visual representation um, of that. So I, I like that a lot. It totally works. And... Like the makeup is just so intense, and he looks so old. And then so old. And that's what's just so unsettling about it. So Theodra dies, and Eowyn is, you know, mourning at his bedside, and Grima comes in to do the ultimate negging man. <laughs> oh my god! It's like the the player got all his how tos just watching Grima. Like, oh, you're all alone. No one's here with you. You're useless. It is awful. And this is what we talked about last episode. Then he casts, a, he tries to cast a spell on her. And she and almost. It, it was, it's like until like he has like his hand on her face. And it, this is like one of the, the few times where I think the language goes like a little too far. He's like, like cool, cre- uh, cool drops of dew on the morning. Okay. Okay, buddy. I think like, I think that right there. Lost she's like, her. Like, okay, tr- okay, calm down, Discord mod. Once you, <laughs> once you relax there, I'm not your little kitten. <laughs> but yeah, just like he goes a little too far. Either it's either like he moves from the face to like under her chin and like either something, but it is like what you talked about was really great. I really like that take where he has her for a second. She is like kind of giving in to like, I am alone. My brother's gone. My adopted brother's gone. My adopted father's basically gone. Right. I am alone in this kingdom. Like yep. everyone's doing the bidding of Grima. He's got his own thug squad. And even, you know, people like Hama and um is it Thangol? Um Oh no, Thangol's his... Thangol's the grandfather. Yeah, who's um I know gambling. Exactly. Yep, gambling. Yep, 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 yep. Even they're doing his bidding, even though, like, you know, very begrudgingly, and we see them like, okay, wait, you know, something's happening here that might be good right, later right, on. Right. But it, it takes, you know, three dudes beating the crap out of people to, to wake him up, and she she can't do that because of her place in society and what it is at this point. Uh, so it is working, and I like your – I really like your take on it. And then so, something wakes her up, thank God. And, you know, maybe if – no offense to to Brad Dorf, uh, but this de- like I think Brad Dorf is actually a very good looking man in real life. Oh yeah, but like his character is like you know he's got the, the greasy hair and the pale skin and like the yellow teeth. And it maybe, only gets worse. Yeah. Maybe if Grima was a little hotter. <laughs> maybe if Grima was a little hotter, you know, this whole thing falls apart. Listen, I I am not afraid to say that one thing one man says could be attractive in another man's mouth. Based off how they look. It's, Someone clip that because every person needs to hear it because it is true. so true. It's true. It's why, you know, charismatic ser- serial killers can get away with murder because people trust a good looking person yep. by standards. If you're quote unquote conventionally good looking, your foot's already in the door. And so, yeah, by by saying that, like, it, it, it yes, there is also approach. And charisma and all those things can make up for not being the prettiest person, what have you. But yeah, it's unfair to say one guy's creepy when the other guy is 
doing the same exact thing, but just yeah. a little bit better looking. It's just true. So I think you're totally right, though. He, it's almost like he pushed his spell just a little too far. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, it's working. It's working. Exactly. Oh, everybody stay cool. And then he didn't stay cool. <laughs> totally. And she's like, you're the worst. And she gets out of there. Yo, and, what's a poison? poison? And like you would literally see Brad Dorf like look at his hands like, what have I done? <laughs> I, I had it. I got to touch her face for one second. It's so it's you're so right. That's a hundred percent what happens. And then I love I love this when she sees the three horses with the people on it riding towards Edoras. It feels to me like what walking into a bar feels like when you're single. Because you know your fate could change that night. And you're like, oh my God. there might be a hot guy on that There might be horse. a slamming hottie on that horse. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I swear to God, I think that's what's happening to her. She's like, I think my life's about to change. <laughs> and she was right. Honestly, I felt that way too every time like a number that wasn't in my phone would call me or text me. I'm like, is this him? Is this going to be the man of my dreams who, you know, I gave him my number a year ago and he just found it. Like I always had this like weird fantasy of like, Oh my God, guys guys coming out of the woodwork. Okay. Moving on. Uh, No, I I mean, I get it. Like, cause like guys do that where they're like, like guy, we're weird. Like we can, People don't think guys are romantic. Anytime we see a like a cute girl behind a cash register, be like, I wonder what my life would be like with her. Totally. Would she be a Would she be a good girlfriend? Would she be a good travel partner? Right. Like we we do the whole. Granted, we do it quicker. We would be like, oh, five seconds of let let me imagine my life with this Starbucks barista <laughs> that I've never met before, and I'm and I'm on a road trip, so I'm never going to see her again. <laughs> Let me do that while I'm waiting for my venti iced coffee, and uh, then I get my iced coffee. I'm like, have a good day, and she's like, thank you. I was like, see, she would have, I should have done something. She said, have a good day. It's definitely not her job. She definitely loves me, just like I love her. I mean, there's you're listing a lot. There's like two problems. There's one positive and one really big problem with what you're saying. Because now, granted, you have to overcome the intrusive thoughts of, oh, she was definitely flirting with me. She's not. She's doing her job. Stop 100%. flirting with baristas and waitresses and bartenders. They're just doing their job. <laughs> so uh, friends of our podcast over at uh, The Greatest Generation, they do a Star Trek uh, podcast. They have this motto, no uh, bits on tips. So anyone that is working for tips or has to serve you, you can't do a joke on them because it's not fair because they're there to just do a job. Like, no no playing, oh, I'm actually allergic to coffee or whatever. Yeah. So I think that can, like, extend to, this person is probably not hitting on you. And until they give you their number or tell you I'm interested in you, they're not interested in you. They're but, not. But you're so, just so you know, this is actually very true of women and 100% true of me. I know within five seconds whether I'm going to want to be with you or not, usually. Now, once you get to know somebody and the mere exposure effects takes over and you know this, you've worked in a restaurant and you've hung out with the same dude over and over again or female, whatever you're attracted to. You're like, yeah, you know what? Aaron might be kind of cute. Okay. Yeah. That can happen. But in general, someone walking through the door or at a bar, I've usually made my decision pretty quickly and have gone through the romance, whether this is going to work. So I think that's pretty commonplace to kind of like shuffle that person in your brain go, oh, is this who I was looking for? I just, I think that's how we, we deal with our loneliness or like, also like our drive you know yeah so i, I do so. think 
I do think she's going, I hope there's a hottie on there. I do think so, man. So it's like, uh, just like squinting. Any slamming hotties on those horses? I mean, she, I, I, I thought. And you know, Legacy's like, hey, there's a baddie up there, like from that far. <laughs> <laughs> Legacy, what do your elf I see? A slamming hottie. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you know it. Why is it Legacy putting moves on her? Right. Well, what if he's like, damn? And he's like, everyone's like, what? Oh, nothing. No, no, no big deal. <laughs> don't, wor- don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You'll see. You'll yeah. see in a little bit. That's fantastic. Uh, then we get the flag free-falling. Really beautiful. Just- oh, so good. And the music, like, the the Rohan theme is so... It's basically what every movie trailer does with every pop song. It turns into, like, this low, dark synth version of itself. Sure. It's so good, though. I love that. That's exactly right. Uh, then we get Gandalf and uh, Gandalf basically prepping the boys for like, this is not going to be a friendly meeting at first. And when he gets gambling to let him in with the staff, this is the wink heard round the world, man. When he oh, winks it's at so Aragorn. good. I love, oh. you know, all of them taking out all of their weapons. It's, it's, like, oh, ma- it's like the Matrix, man, when they're, like, yeah. lo- <laughs> they're just unloading every single silver item they have. And then just like the, yeah, it's such a good wink. It's almost like not even a wink. And then like the sly smile from Aragorn that quickly disappears. It's such good com- uh, language between two old friends. It- That's just it. Is Aragorn and Gandalf are like bros. They're like ride or die for sure. And I think Aragorn, that's why that scene between that we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, between Gandalf and Aragorn catching Aragorn up, that's like, that's very touching because they were friends and he's back, you know? So, yeah, that's that's their unspoken bro language for sure. And and Gandalf's like, there's a slamming hottie back there, by the way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So this is what's pretty awesome. I What I love about this scene besides, like, waking up Theoden, casting out uh, Grima, casting out Saruman... I love we we have not really seen this. We get to see the bros do hand to hand battle, and it's awesome. Beat the crap out of dudes. Like yeah. I think it's three on ten or something like that, if not more. Because Glamoring holds back Haldir or whatever the guy's name is. What's the other guy's name? Uh, Hama. Hama. They holds he holds back Hama because he's like something's happening. We're we're gonna let our king, you know, come back, and they just. Pummeled bros. They decimate this whole crew. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And they'll like even like Legolas gets the the Bruce Lee backwards punch. Like <laughs> yeah. I love that little homage right there. And and it, it would have to be him. Uh Lord knows how many I got how many fist fights do you think elves have been in? Because you know Aragorn's been in fist fights, like just growing up with what he's done. And you know dwarves get into like brawls they fight at all the, the time. dinner time uh, yeah over the they dinner fight table, with like. their wives yeah exactly <laughs> that's foreplay dude what a good point elves are not fighting they just, they don't do hand to hand like i'm sure there's like some sort of tai chi that they're trained in yeah do you think they do like martial arts or like jujitsu I've got to imagine they're taught some sort of form of graceful hand-to-hand combat. Because Legolas gets it in The Hobbit. Like, when he fights Bull, he's pulling out all the stops there. 
I mean, that's what's interesting, too, about the elves just in general, how battle ready they are, you know. Um, so I would imagine there's some sort of hand to hand training, but I I can for sure guarantee this. Well, it's not. It's not the first time. This is where it's weird that they put Legolas in The Hobbit. Because he's supposed to be like a brand new baby, isn't he? Like, he's never been out on foot and done like a huge trip like this. Well, you wonder because, you know, Thranduil seems to be like, you know, a famous recluse and doesn't let anybody outside of the of the kingdom. But they do go to the Battle of the Five Armies. But Legolas so. doesn't, though. Like, I think that's important. <sighs> I don't. I really don't know. I I can't comment on. From that. From what I understand, where's Alex's boyfriend? I know. Where is Alex? Let me text him. Um. From what I understand, Legolas really hasn't seen a lot. Hasn't experienced. This is his first adventure out there, as far as the books are concerned. So, if we're thinking about that here, because also these movies take place before the Hobbit movies were made, Legolas has yet to see hand to hand combat. I'm just gonna say that. And so it. This, he's gotta be so stoked. He's got two best friends, and now they're beating the crap out of other dudes. It's fantastic. Love it. Love it so much. So then they, you know, Theoden is back. They do the Theodred funeral. Uh, You know, she might not be able to cook, but Eowyn can definitely sing to some extent. Um, Are you just going to skip over the whole drawing Sormen out? I mean, I said it. There's a lot to talk about, bro. I know. We, we do have to go. But I do just love the visual thing when he kind of hits him in the head and you see Christopher Lee fly back. I just totally. like that part. It's, it's all good. I, yeah, I, I don't... Also, if you want to talk about anything, I'm not going to stop you. I just thought, like, there's a lot to talk about also. There is a lot to talk about. So, yes, we do see Sauron, like, cast out. And it is important because later when Grima comes to Sauron... Sauron's like butthurt for sure. He's like, they'll be. He thinks he found the king of Numenor. It, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I just, I just love like the like when you're in the shower and you finally think of a good comeback. <laughs> Gandalf the white. Gandalf the fool. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good meme. <laughs> so I love it so much. Well, and and I mean, it is like also a good threat. Like Sauron's like, if you cast me out, Theoden's gonna die, and. It's very possible that's true. I'm sorry. We could talk about that. We also can talk about, oh, no, my lord, let him go. Aragorn, Oh, what are we, what are we doing? I actually I'm not have saying, a whole page about this. It's so upsetting. I'm not saying we have to murder him in the street. There's a thing called a prison cell. Because even, like, you are letting someone who was the hand of the king, who has the most intimate knowledge of this entire kingdom... Go directly back to your number one adversary that you know is going to attack. And also, this blood's not on Aragorn's hands. So, like, if you're, like, afraid of, like, oh, I'm going to, it's going to be, don't, he has every right to strike down Grima. Every single, there's not, not a single person would go, wow, what did Theoden do that for? Oh, yeah, he's only responsible for the death of, one, his own son to begin with, let alone, you know, all the other Rohan soldiers that died and got left out in the mud because they're not the king's son. It's, it's, it is one of the stupidest choices. Yeah, if we're going to ding, you know, Pippin and all them for everything, we have to ding Aragorn here because. I don't know what he's trying to prove either. I don't know. I really don't know. Because like, you're so right. Put that piece of poo-poo 
in the dungeon. Just do that. Just put him in a prison cell and leave him in Edoras because Ed- we're. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Just like we're leaving Edoras. Like. We're, we're vacating the spot right now. So just leave him there and then we'll come back and be like, hey, uh, we won. Uh, the wall never fell. Uh, 500 elves showed up, by the way, and we just all archered them from the walls as the useless Urukai like kept trying to come up the ladders and Gimli was just waiting for them and he had like 900 kills. And the wargs didn't come. Yeah. Because Grima wasn't there. To oh, tell here's him- my friend Hama who didn't get chewed in the face. <laughs> Jesus. Or or they just didn't feed Grima while they were gone and he rotted away. <laughs> like, it's... It, Aragorn falls off that cliff in this movie because he let Grima go. So, oh my, like, there's so, like, the domino effect of letting him go. Nothing good happens from it. There's no, no redemption totally. of Grima. Like, and you could have done the same speech that Theoden does. Like, Grima, come down. You're, you were once a man of Rohan in Return of the King. You could do that behind bars, dude. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Like, it's, ba- it's a bad call. And I on think- top of that, on top of that, if we're going to go that far forward, we would have gotten some information out of Sauron about Sauron's attack in Return of the King because he was about to be like, come up and, you know, like, come up Gandalf will counsel about what's going to happen. Granted, luckily, you know, Pippin looked in the in the Palantir and we right, got it right, anyways, right. but we, we would have gotten some more info out of Sauron and maybe made our lives a lot easier. Wow. Although I think Saruman would have just like said, okay, bye, Grima. Like, <laughs> I think he would have, like, he's not fighting for that man's life either, you know? Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm saying Grima wouldn't have stabbed Saruman and prevented him from, from uh, ratting Sauron out. I understand that. Yeah, it's, it is. It is not the smart. This is where like TV shows and movies really bother me. Like I mentioned last episode where it's like, let me just talk to you while I'm standing over you, giving you time to grab the gun that I kicked away from you. And, oh, actually, someone just hit me. You know, it, it's, it's these choices. And granted, it's this is how it happened in the book, basically. So or did Grima like slip away? I don't remember. I think he just slipped away in the book. That's probably right. Which would have been also a better choice than Aragorn making us. I think. I think like they're like, yeah. I think Grima slipped away, and they're like, oh, let him go. And yeah, I think that like even right. that is like a wrong choice. Like, uh, I don't. You Legolas don't... could have hit him with an arrow on the way out, bro. This isn't some random townsperson that was yeah. like. This is he knows everything, everything about everything. He knows. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what you're going to do. He knows where you're going to do it. He knows what route you're going to take. He knows the weaknesses of Helm's Deep. Everything. Yeah. It's you not good. lock him up or you kill him. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree. The locking him up is such a better way to be, quote unquote, merciful, too. It's such right? a good point. It's such a good point. Like, hey, we're, uh, here's a week's worth of food and water. We're heading out. Your punishment is to stay here all alone in your thoughts. And you can have Eowyn do this and be like, guess who's alone now? <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm trying not to cuss. I'm about to, too. Yeah. I was about to fill in the, the blank. You, the, you as a listener can fill in the blank there. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, yeah, Aragorn is just a big dummy. One big ding against Aragorn. Uh, huge ding. Huge Thousands ding. of lives ding. Yeah, truly, truly. You know that kid that he talks to on the stairs? He's dead because of Aragorn. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. 
you're right. There's always hope. Oh, too bad he didn't make it. <laughs> uh, wow, Aragorn, dum-dum. Can't wait to see what you're going to do when you lead us. Right. Um, so we do the Theodred funeral. Eowyn sings kind of decently. Um, very yeah, sad. They, 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 it's like knowing how to use the strengths of your actor where like she's not forced to like hold any notes. And yes. like just her, her voice is shaking because she's crying. Like, man, Miranda Otto just kills it. Like how we, we praise Carl Urban. It's so perfect because like the first part of Rohan is all Carl Urban. Now yes. the second part is all Miranda Otto and she's amazing. Yeah, it is interesting too because like – for her to get so smitten with Aragorn, she does. She spends a lot of time not talking to him yet, which is interesting. She's, but it is kind of like, and we'll get into this as we go through this episode. She's kind of doing like the middle school girl thing, where she's like, "I can sing, yeah, I can cook, nah, I can wield you, 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 you a can, sword." Can't no, you she can't. can't cook. She can't cook. I'm sorry. I love cook. me some Eowyn. She can fight. And she can sing, and uh, she can lead her people uh, because I believe she like. Oh no, she becomes like the the quote unquote queen regent, uh, you know, or the the wife of the steward. I don't know what the title is. Uh, sure, with sure, Faramir. sure. So she does like take like a leadership position, um, but she cannot make some. She cannot make any stew. No, she can't. But but this is where it kind of starts. She sings at the funeral. Granted, and and you're so right. They don't make her do anything more than what she's capable of doing. They don't make her hit high notes. She's not trying to be like an opera singer. She's just singing the dirge, and it really yes. works really well. Uh, Gandalf takes off to go. At, you know, well, we you know we. I don't mean to skip over the scene, but uh, basically Gandalf tries to convince Theoden to get into the fight, act first, because Sauron is going to strike. Sauron is going to strike, um, and I understand Theoden's motivation here to not do what Gandalf and Aragorn are counseling him because he just spent so many years under someone else's spell and counsel. He, I, he's like overcorrecting in this moment by choosing to go to Helm's Deep instead. Would you yeah. agree with that? No, it, it's such a good thing. Like when Gandalf puts his, his hand on the, on the arm of the throne, he like kind of, he almost like recoils from it. Like, because there's a trauma there. He's oh, for sure. He just sitting. woke up from like a, you know, however long, like poison sleep from an, another wizard that looks exactly like Gandalf does right now. Um, How's he supposed to tell the difference? Yeah. Of course it's going to like, you're going to have PTSD in that moment. And he's like even sitting to the left, to right of him like Grima was. So it's. I can under it's not the right call, but I can understand why he made the call to go to Helm's Deep. It, it makes sense because and and I understand why they didn't do it in the movie because there'd be less stakes because all the women and children they go to I can't remember what the city is they go to a different city they do they, that's totally right they go to a different kingdom or not different kingdom but a different city that's not Helm's Deep and all the warriors and men go to Helm's Deep to fight right and Saruman's like okay we're going to Helm's Deep first and then uh, then we'll we'll finish off the women and children later but I get it because you wouldn't have the war scene you wouldn't you know have the the stakes of like Oh my gosh! The they're coming into the caves. They're gonna like. So I I understand why it the makes movie sense does this to truncate it for but sure. But I I remember being disappointed in this version of Theoden because in the book when he wakes up from his slumber, it is go time for Theoden. He's about time. it. As the kids say on TikTok, Theoden was standing on business as soon as he woke <laughs> standing up. Standing on business is 
is a thing? The standing on business. Wow. They, yeah. They're real. Th- these kids are trying really hard to differentiate themselves. Yeah. <laughs> standing on business and Riz and all that. Yeah. Good night. Go to sleep. But yeah, as soon as, and that's why, because I remember being disappointed because like, oh man, it, because I know what we're getting with Denethor and it's kind of the same thing as Thaewin right now and I don't like it. Wow. Yeah, no, it's not good. Uh, they do the same exact thing by kind of stretching out the drama later on when Gondor calls for aid. Uh, like, Gond- Rohan comes, you know. There was, there was no, like, question as to whether no. Gondor, uh, Rohan was coming or not. But that, but it makes sense just to kind of stretch we, out the We drama. all knew they were going to come, and they were going to come hard. And it was pretty This great. is a PG-13 uh, <laughs> <laughs> podcast. However, so uh, Gandalf... We still don't get to see the glory of Shadowfax, but, you know, I love the line of Gandalf saying, 300 years of men and I have no time. Dawn, at dawn, looked to the east, and so he rides off to go get the riders of Rohan, go, go get Aomer, who are miles away right now, have no yeah. idea that Theoden's back. Also, where did the 2,000 come from? Because I saw, like, 50 people surrounding, you know, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, not 2,000. That's my question, too, like, where are all these fighters that say, <laughs> there's not 2,000 men, man, unless they were at a different camp, which is possible. It's so, very possible. They could have been, like, on a scouting mission and ran to the orcs or something. It's or... super possible. But, like, yeah, just to be fair, what, what Ben's talking about is they, they said there's there's 2,000 riders of the Rohirrim. Yeah, you have 2,000 good men riding, with, uh, riding north right now with Aomer. We don't loyal. see that. We don't no. we see 60 bros circling yep. Aragorn and, the, and our bros. Um, but so this, <laughs> this is where Eowyn starts her middle school girl thing. Brago, the horse of Theodred is all but wild, right? You youngins don't understand the power that men taming horses in the early nineties and early two thousands had. There was at least. Was it started ten- by the horse whisperer? The Horse Whisperer, even in George of the Jungle with Brendan Fraser, there is Whoa. a scene of him taming a horse. And it's like a meta moment where a guy's like, man, women love horses. And it's just Brendan Fraser in all of his 90s beauty with long flowing hair taming a wild horse. And that's they all might you under- They might understand now, though, because thanks to Greta Gerwig and... Uh, the Barbie movie with Ken. It's very, really. it's very possible. It it's very possible. possible. Men and horses. It makes sense. It does make sense. But just with go rewatch this scene with this in mind. Aowen sees Aragorn move toward Brago. Oh, it's over. She, no, it's over. not even that. She purposely puts herself in the stall next to him and makes it look like she's doing business with the saddle, so that she find like she's oh. close enough. She wants to, to do him. business with a saddle, all right. <laughs> all right, we're going to take our break here, but we're going to do a quick <laughs> commercial about what it's like to stable your horses at Edoras. Are you a 25 to 35 <laughs> handsome male? Then you need a wild horse. Don't let these cologne commercials, these, <laughs> these other commercials fool you. You don't need any of that. You don't need MMA. You don't need... (laughs) Yeah. You don't need any of that. You just need a wild horse and you need to tame them. Then you'll find your life partner. Go get a wild horse at (laughs) (laughs) wildhorses.com. We'll be right back. 
you're so right. Because if I had any, if I wasn't single, if I was single right now, all I would want. Whoa, right now, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Whoa. What? Did, if you weren't single, Alex, Alex, <laughs> where are you? That's why you think he hasn't been doing the podcast with me, bro. If I was single right now, boy, would I want to get me a man who talks to me like Aragorn talks to a horse. Also, like, shout out to Viggo Mortensen because he is actually approaching this horse that is, like, I, I, this is where I draw the acting line and be like, I'm sorry. I'm not getting, I've already dodged a dagger Uh and broken my toe. Yeah. I don't need to get kicked in the face by a horse. Sure. I think that's fair. I, yeah. I, I do wonder, there's so many scenes with horses, especially in this film, um, falling and, you know, there's some CGI. I, I, I always wonder, like, how, what do, what do they make? Uh, do they make dead horses or do they make the horses lay down? You know, the, like horses are such strong, amazing beasts. They're strong. And, and. And they're so fragile too. Those those legs break very easily. So yeah. even like stunts and stuff like that are very dangerous. So like, how are they making this horse really uncomfortable to the point that it has to be calmed down? It is. It is a. This is a dangerous stunt. Whatever it is, a dangerous right stunt. Like I always think about this when I see this scene. Where I'm like, that horse is like not. He's not an actor. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. What's, like, what's, He's not going method here. <laughs> What's fascinating about horses, too, is um, they actually aren't very comfortable in water. Like, you know, a lot of scenes, and I meant to mention this when Eowyn crosses the river, um, horses aren't comfortable when they can't see their feet. And so they have to train these ho- uh, movie horses to be comfortable in water like that, which is fascinating to me. That is fascinating. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of training that goes into a horse being camera ready for sure, but that doesn't mean you're not dealing with a wild animal. Yeah. By any stretch of the imagination. I mean, we, we just saw like that, that was kind of the whole point of that movie. Nope. I don't know. Did you oh, watch Oh, I nope? have to see it. No, I, I do want to watch it. I though. don't want, I won't give any spoilers, but yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. trying to tame something that is inherently wild is ah. never going to end well. Interesting. I think I just figured out what the entire movie's about, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's done in such a like. Oh my god, I I need to watch Nope again. P- people that didn't like Nope, I truly don't understand. I don't, and not like in a condescending them. way at all, but just like if because I remember like I I liked the movie when I saw it, but I was like, I wonder, you know, sometimes I miss subtext. I was like, I wonder, you know, what it was really about because you know, and that's such a it's almost like a burden of Jordan Peele's where he's like. He, after Get Out, when you make a masterpiece yes. as your first movie, everyone's expecting everything to be a masterpiece and everything yes. to have, oh, what, you know, it's like it's like M. Night Shyamalan. It's like, oh, what's the twist going to be? Yeah, cool movie, but well, where's the twist? It, I know. It's like, or, the, or the twist wasn't good enough. Or... Yeah. Okay, okay, great movie, Jordan Peele, but what was it really about? What was, it, right. what, what was the subtext? Like, what was it really about? And it's like, well, it's a pretty great creature feature just in general – like it's terrifying. It's like the best creature movie basically since Jaws. And so that's that's a pretty good reason to like the movie to begin with. And then when you get into the subtext, it's like, oh, okay. Oh my god, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, you're right though. It's like just let them let the bro make a movie also. Yeah. 
like just let him make a like let him do what he wants and if you mess with it that's great and if you don't like don't hold it against him like he's already given us one masterpiece and two very good movies and you can you can call us or nope a masterpiece if you want to and if that's how you feel about it more power to you but get out will be the one that will like stand the test of time obviously and i hope that like nope and us does as well i think I mean, like, they're good they're good they're good at, and that's the thing at the very least they are both good movies right and one is just a timeless classic that you know was from a first-time director, which is insane. <laughs> sure, that's exactly right. I mean, first-time film director, because like what they did on the sketch show, obviously. Oh yeah, he was obviously a part way. of that for yeah. sure. Like writing and and producing and possibly directing some of those, but just like your but first I, movie is that isn't is like an impossible bar to clear. I do remember going to watch uh, going to watch Nope. Uh, not nope, uh, the other one, us, and going. Oh, this is not going to be as good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it and it, like people had that expectation where it's just like, oh man, like it's still a good movie, but it might not be as good. But that's right. okay. Right. Exactly. I think you're. Ju- I think with just anything going in without these preconceived notions of what it has to be, you're in general in life. If you go in with a little less expectation, you're probably yeah. going to be more pleasantly surprised. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely taming a couple wild beasts. Oh. I know. <laughs> and she is just, like, waiting there for him to talk. Just, oh, absolutely. It's just amazing. Like, she's so – she's done. Game and over, the, man. Like, she's so in. Well, actually, in between this, we get Grima and Saruman, and Grima's giving Saruman the breakdown of, like, what to expect to attack the wargs, etc. This yeah, is not a defeat. Here. Yeah. It is. You are defeated, Saruman, just so you know. Like, you're, like, <laughs> upset. Gandalf the Grey, like, beat you a couple times here. He is, yeah. he is upset. Uh, but then, right after this, Erwin pulls out a sword in the middle of a hall where people are busy doing work and starts striking. Yeah, everyone's like packing up and, you know, like disaster, clearing out, evacuating. And she's like, let me just swing this sword around. <laughs> because she knows Aragorn's in the room and she wants to show off. That's oh, I'm telling you, bro. Absolutely. Without a sh- and this is, this is no shade because we've all done this. We've all tried to like look impressive nonchalantly when a cutie is in the room. That's my point, bro. Is she's doing the middle school girl thing where at, you're at a dance and you're standing in the corner looking sad or or showing off in hopes that they're going to pay attention to you. Yeah. She's 100% doing that. For sure. Without a doubt. <laughs> and it works. It got it got she got his attention. Oh yeah, if there was like the stereotypical like best friend from a rom-com, there there would have been a line, is he watching? Is he watching? No, Eowyn, he's not watching. One hundred. He's not even here. He left ten minutes ago. And she's like, "I don't want to be caged, but I'll let you cage me, Aragorn." Oh my god. <laughs> Eowyn's hoping Aragorn has like a red room or something. Uh- <laughs> Is there a red room in Ministerium? <laughs> Jeez, one hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, Frodo. Then we get to. Frodo and Sam and Frodo's calling him a stinker. This is where I start formulating my opinion, opinion that like Sam has opinion that Sam opinion. has has no empathy for Gollum. And and Frodo does. And that's I guess that's just what my point is is like Sam's super prejudiced against Gollum and isn't even giving him a fighting chance. I don't care. 
when someone like I, I wrote this down is that both Frodo and Sam are speaking their truth right now. You just talked about like we just talked about the Faramir quote of like perspective and like everything like that. This slimy bug eyed creature with bad teeth tried to murder them in their sleep. That's the golem that Sam knows. And and you're totally right. And and Sam is like spitting truth and like basically telling a friend who's an addict they have a problem in this scene right now. He is saying that. Yes. But but Sam doesn't have empathy. He does have empathy because not Which is once exactly does he what ever Faramir's scene was about, bro. Yeah, but not once does he ever get mad at Frodo for being like, "What do you know about it? Nothing." It's mine, my own. And still Sam's sure. like, you have to fight it. Like, he's trying to help his friend. Sure, that's fair. Yes. He, and giving, but giving no space for Gollum to be the same. He's saying there's no hope for him. And that's sad. He's right. I think you're wrong. Uh, the facts say <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> there are facts and I'm not in the right, but it's just Sam is not giving any space to him. And they and this this is the this is actually the saddest part to me is they don't know that Gollum uh Smeagol has cast out Gollum in the next scene. That's is it, actually is it before or after this? I can't remember. It's right after right after this the Smeagol Gollum dual famous scene happens. Yeah, which should have been nominated for an Oscar or he better get like a lifetime achievement award or yes. something for this, man. Like Totally. This scene is so amazing and it's cut perfectly to show like the two separate conversations and the two separate personalities and everything. Sure. It's totally. done so well, it's directed so well, it's acted so beautifully. Uh, it's, everything about this is so good and if you had a doubt of like seeing like if this would be realistic or not you don't anymore no it it works it works impeccably yeah and here's just the thing because frodo's showing love and acceptance to Gollum, he is being saved and then yeah. sam goes around and treats him like doo-doo and he turns i'm telling you oh my god it's Get, true you're wrong i'm not wrong i'm you so are right. okay all right I, i'll then i'll be over here wrong I'll stay. Cool. <laughs> Enjoy. Like <laughs> you can't gaslight me to be like, no, just come over. Here. I'll join you over there. No, enjoy. Stand like I'm. I am President Bartlett right now. Stand there and be wrong, and stand there in your wrongness. Like, because then what immediately happens is Gollum gets them the conies. He gets them the rabbits, and Sam doesn't even leave raw meat for Gollum, dude. He doesn't know. He's cooking. He does. He knows that Gollum can't eat lembas. He knows that Gollum wants raw things. No, he doesn't. He says raw and wriggling after Sam is cooking it. You've been traveling with him for weeks. You don't know that that's his preference? That he can't, that he won't eat cooked food? He eats cooked food. No, he doesn't. He doesn't eat lembas bread because it's made by elves. I think that Sam at this point would know that Gollum literally can't eat that. He literally can. I don't think so. I mean, okay, perhaps he doesn't want to. There could, yeah. I, I'm willing to say that maybe he just doesn't want to. That's possible. But yeah. certainly not his preference. That's fair. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll fight you. 
<laughs> now we're now we're getting into uh, meats back on the menu. Oh, but only if it's medium rare. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's how that's that's where he's at, bro. <laughs> no, he wants raw meat, and that's I find that. I'm kind sorry, of cool. are these rabbits gluten free? <laughs> I find it that Sam's cruel by cooking them because he knows that that's not how he wants. To, and and Sam, he just Gollum was the one who bought who got them, bro. I'm telling you. Gollum deserves to eat it however he wants. I'm sorry. If Gollum, if I see Gollum bite into a rabbit like that and I have to eat after it, I'm going to disinfect <laughs> it by cooking it. Th- those rabbits are going to be well, they're going to be hockey puck rabbits after I'm done with them. <laughs> There's not going to be a single trace of Gollum saliva in those rabbits. That's Otherwise, fair. I'm going to die That's before fair. I'm finishing them. That's fair. I don't need to have food poisoning and diarrhea my brains out in the, in the wild, okay? I mean, it is like a cat bite. You're totally right. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying Sam sucks a little bit here. I'm not saying Sam isn't like extra uh, being a little extra towards golem Be- but like but sorry two days of smeagol isn't going to convince me you changed no that's fair but he hasn't given him any any wiggle room any wriggle room <laughs> all right this is i uh, liked it no, that was good it's good that was good <laughs> so if you would have gone wiggle room like i would have i would have lost my mind <laughs> wiggle room <laughs> Uh, no, I couldn't commit that hard. I don't know if I didn't know if it would read on the podcast. I would um, it. In this moment, we get introduction to Faramir. He has the Gondorian men fighting on this front, trying to cut them off the pass as they're heading to Mordor. Um, we don't yes. know that. We don't know who's fighting in this moment. Um, we just see the Oliphants and the I mean, Eastern uh, men. Gollum says, like, they're marching to Mordor. He's gathering. So we know the men with the Oliphants are bad. We know that, but we don't know who starts the attack. Yeah, we don't and, know that they're, like, the, the rangers of Athelion. Correct. And to the point where, like, once they've happened upon them and start throwing, you know, the hobbits all around, like, Bro, uh, like we, we that don't know dude, who the... That dude tosses Frodo. <laughs> like, he, like, Frodo goes to run and he gets grabbed by the collar and then Sam's like, hey, and the guy kind of trips Sam and puts his sword on him, and that's kind of it for Sam. Right. That dude must have, he must have, his blood must have been pumping after fighting the Easterlings because he was like, get the hell. Like, he just like choke he, slams Frodo. He bounces him like a basketball. He does. <laughs> like, I noticed that. I was like, oh my God, that guy threw him. Yeah. It's pretty bad. And, like, again, I think if we think about it in terms of, like, how ants can survive a 20-foot fall, right? Yeah. Like, I do think even though, like, Frodo fell that 12 feet and the wind got knocked out of him, I think it's a little bit different than if a man was to fall 12 feet off of a stone. For sure. You know, they, but he's, he's like, forcefully like, get down, stay down. Oh, yeah. It's pretty bad. And then we have what we opened the episode with was Faramir's speech when they're looking over the body of the uh, the evil men. Um, and I'm telling you, they they were given excellent mental health care. They really were. Um, then we get to the scene where they're making the slow trudge to Helm Steep with the women and children, and boy, is Eowyn just. <laughs> Yeah, she must have put makeup on before they left and like smiling and looking back at Aragorn. Of course. <laughs> You're acting surprised. Like, I'm sorry. If you- I'm not acting surprised. I'm saying okay. like it's, yeah. 
It's next level, though. She is not stop. But you know what? That's what you I'm act saying. like you would act any different if or if Vigo Mortensen on a horse with that hair looked at you and said, "You will not. You're a shield maiden of Rohan. I don't believe that is your fate." Dude, all I would do, my entire job would be to flirt with him. That's all you, I like, would do. I was going to say, Awen's playing it pretty cool considering all the <laughs> things. totally fair. Yeah. No, I, I just get just get this straight. I'm not judging her. I'm just calling it out. <laughs> That's all. Because I recognize this behavior. I, like, it feels like camp where you, like, meet that one cute boy and you're yes. like, the whole reason I'm going to camp is because of that boy. You wake up in the morning because you're like, Oh, Jared's going to be there. You know, like, yeah, that's what's happening here. <laughs> so I'm not judging her. I'm just saying that's what it's It's just what she's flirting with Gimli. So that Aragorn can see her flirting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She. It's just there for her. Like, she's. She's like, oh, let me help you up, Gimli. Hair toss. Yeah, like, 100%. <laughs> love it. Tell me about your dwarf women. And, you know, Gimli's going, oh, you know, I've already fallen for one blonde woman. I could go for another, you know? Oh, yeah. Gimli and Aragorn are running, like, a really good two-man game. <laughs> like, oh, let me tell you about the dwarf women. And then turns around and Aragorn, like, he gets to nail it. Like, Gimli tosses up the, the alley-oop, like, oh, you don't find many dwarf women. Then she turns around and Aragorn's like, it's the beards. Like, he gets the punchline. It's, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a really good two-man game they've got going on, and I respect it. I'm telling you, but they also don't know who's going to win. It's like, like, is she into me or into you? Like, that's... I, I don't think, I think Gimli's just, they make him so oblivious to everything where he's like either half drunk on a horse or he's just... <laughs> Happy to not be walking anymore after the marathon for, you know, five days that they had. Like That's totally fair. Yeah. That's incredible. They are two man. <laughs> this is high school, dude. It's high school. It's middle school. It's all Oh, over. yeah. And, like, he, I don't want to say he fell off the horse on purpose, but he's like, let me make you look good real quick, Aragorn. And oh, like, my God. And then she just ruins it. She ruins it by trying to cook. She, like, you know, just like Grima went a little too far with his spell Girl, you didn't need to cook for him. Yeah. No one ever said, yeah, no. let's, that's what's going to win his heart. Although it's like she's going back to all the things that she's told, like, this is what a man's going to want, you know? I do think, though, if we, if we look at it in a different way, it's kind of sweet that she wants to provide for him, too. There's something sweet about that, I think. I, I get it. Like, just... Who are you more concerned about than Jared from camp as to whether he's eaten or not? Yeah, that's true. Like she, she means so well, and of I just love. She like, does. I love it's such great acting with Aragorn being like, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, good. it's, <laughs> it's good. so excellent. It's, it's so good, and it looks so disgusting. And, and then you, it's so funny because right after we said Ghibli's running the two-man game with Aragorn, he's like, nah, that's where I draw the line. No no stew. No, I'm good. Oh, no. I couldn't. Yeah, 100%. Gimli walks by. Oh, I couldn't even. And, like, he uh, Gimli obviously must have seen her cook and probably, like, spit in it or something by accident. Like, it, he, he was already on that tip. Like, this is going to kill me. Yeah. And honestly... Out of the entirety of the scene, my favorite moment is when he goes to pour it out and then she turns back around and he spills hot soup all over his hands. Yeah. It's so excellent. It's so, it's, I'm so mad. Like, Two Towers definitely, this is like my favorite extended edition because it has like the best scenes. 
Uh, and especially, you know, with the scene coming up with him trying to sneak out of Rivendell and stuff like that with their, their whole extended scene of Arwen and Aragorn. And then obviously the Faramir and Denethor and Boromir scene. But even the, like the, those are like very important scenes, but even like goofy stuff like this. But like it also it gives like the, you know, that he's 87. And I'm sorry. That's the final nail in the Aowen coffin right there. Like, oh my God, what is your skincare routine? Like, oh this, yeah, she's out of our it. Our kids are gonna be like super soldiers, like our Captain America Winter Soldiers looking dudes, like that never age. Okay, cool. So just in case I had any doubt about this, you are from like the holiest of holy bloodlines that don't even exist anymore. Like wild. I think you're exactly right. In that moment, her entire life flashed before her eyes and said this is you can't listen Faramir's great you can't get better than Aragorn though and so you You just you You just can't blame her for falling in love he's 87 and he looks like that it's over it's over and then she just stands there watching him eat and that's embarrassing girl (laughs) that's very embarrassing and then you know it's there's I have so many mixed feelings about what Elrond does to Arwen but the next thing to happen is you know it's it's I actually do think there's two things happening here between Eowyn and and Aragorn. I think he sees her for the person that she is, whether she's a woman or not, and respects her and likes her. And I think there's a part of him that could see a life with her as well. Yeah, absolutely. And especially like it's it's so well told with you know, immediately flashing back to his conversation with Arwen, what Correct. what he's going to do there. And then just like the stern talking to that Elrond gives, like, I am not going to like, he doesn't really give a choice. He's like, I'm not going to leave my daughter here to die. Right. Like whether, and then, uh, you know, we go into it later uh, with, you know, that whole flashback scene is just horrifying uh, when, or like when- flash forward scene. Uh, where oh. he's like, even if everything goes right, even if everything goes right, yeah. and he becomes king, and Soren is defeated, and everything you desire happens, this is your fate. And it's like, oh my, oh my God. And you know what? It's so it is grim. Her fate. It is. That he's actually, not wrong. That's exactly what happens to her. Yeah. And it's awful. It's so sad. Um, and he's just being her dad. But yeah, there's a couple of questions I have about this. And and you know, trying I was trying to like see how much Aragorn is like leading Eowyn on. I don't think he's leading Eowyn on at all. And I also think in the books there's a part of him that's I don't know if falling for Eowyn is the accurate thing, but like if Arwen truly wasn't in the picture, I'm sure he would have fallen for Eowyn. Absolutely. I think so. So like, uh, it's not like Eowyn's off base with whatever she's feeling. No, no, There's no. There's absolutely she, chemistry there. For sure. But I think w- the only thing that's happening in the movies that's different is this um, will they, won't they, or I- is she leaving, is she not? Did they break up, did they not? Do you think Arwen thinks that they broke up? I like th- She's on her way out. She's you do leaving. think so? I think so. Like, sure. I think so, and she like the love is never gone, but she does like I I have I love my father more, and so like that's 
that's a line that Elrond gives where I don't know how I feel about it. He's like, does my love not mean anything? Like, right. That's a. Like, it's very King Lear. Yeah. Where, like, I can't fault him for saying it, but I'm just like, oh, man, that's. What do you say to that? Yeah, totally. It's, it's but, messed up for sure. Yeah. And so there's all that. And then, you know, she's she's going to the boat. She is going to the boat and she is ex- like. Because not- the way she's like, you know, basically Aragorn has a conversation with Elrond. Elrond like lays it out like my my daughter's going. You, you're you not coming back for her. And it, you kind of do the mental math of like, okay, Aragorn has to make it look like he's breaking up with Arwen to let her go kind of yeah. thing. And the way when he tries to give her back the jewel, the way she goes, it was a gift. Keep it. Like, she's mad. Oh, she's she is upset yeah. for sure. And rightfully so because the night, the day before, they were talking about their future together and, like, what's going to happen when he – like, she's like, you, you know your journey. It's with Frodo and you know, Wolf – figure out the rest later right uh, yeah so but that's why i'm wondering does she truly believe aragorn is leaving her but i th- i i think she's confused so then you have to superimpose on their leaving in the fellowship when they leave rivendell this all happened before that you can and that is a great shot in the extended version that's not in the theatrical when he looks back and she's standing there like she's on the verge of tears and without this context right. you think it's because he's leaving right. but it's because they broke up the night before wild because yeah it's kind of hard to believe that that's what happens but it does and so i don't think that being said i don't think aragorn's actively flirting with eowyn because he thinks it's over with Arwen, because A, his mind's not there. And B, he's still wearing the jewel. He's still wearing the jewel, and... But, like... I, I he, he... It's, like, one of those things where you ask someone if you're single, and, like, you're in... You're, like, not sure, but you're like, yeah, that's my that's my friend. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, she's sailing with the rest of her kin to the end. You mean when Eowyn's, like, like, who's she? Yeah. <laughs> so, like... He's definitely keeping the door open. I will say at least that much. He'll, he's definitely not saying, no, I'm spoken for or sure, I have a partner that's totally or fair. anything. That's fair. Yeah, he's not. So because- people, that's, yeah, people that say that this is all Eowyn, it's not. He is definitely not. I don't want to say it's a tough line to say that he's considering it, but he is imagining. He's like, I could have a life with this person. Like, Movie Aragorn is stimulated by Eowyn enough to be then traumatized, like re-traumaed or triggered to think about Eowyn, uh, yes. to think about Arwen. So yeah. it's not fair to say Eowyn's like, also Eowyn's not an idiot. If she's not getting absolutely anything back from somebody, she's not going to waste her time. No. So like, yes, is she like unabashedly throwing herself at Aragorn? Yes. But she's not getting a full stop, don't do this. Yeah. You know? So I think that's a fair point. Also, I, I bet you Aragorn could say whatever Grima said and Eowyn would be into it. I'm just saying. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it would have been over. Anyway, the wargs attack them on their journey. Thanks so much, Aragorn. I actually totally forgot about this scene. The wargs? Yeah, I totally forgot about it. 
I remember seeing this and I was like, oh, I think I underestimated the wargs in the book because like when they sure. attack and they are, they're making this huge deal about it, which, you know, it could just be a movie thing where like, oh, we kind of need some action to break up, you know, what's going on here and make this really serious. But like, I was like, oh, the wargs are really terrifying. This is this is intense. Right. There, it's um, and I remember being sad that Hama died because he's a bigger part in the book, and I was like, oh man. And they, he, he gets no glory in this moment whatsoever. Nope. Just, yeah. just pieced out real quick. He, it really is. It is sad, and um, this fight, like I always wonder, if, if this was an actual battle, how do you keep it straight between your your men and the people you're fighting, and like, how are you even able to like? get work done on a horse. Like, what is the horse thinking here, you know? That's the thing, is that, like, they're already at a disadvantage because you have to worry about the rider of the warg because they're enemy combatant, and then you also have to worry about the warg itself. Right. Totally. It, there's a lot going on in this battle, and it's kind of wild. And it's, yeah. yeah um, I will and I know this... It's followed up by, like, the worst CGI of Legolas getting on the horse. But Legolas takes out three wargs in ten seconds. It is. It's pretty much the worst thing to ever happen on on the <laughs> in CGI history. But, he, yeah, no, er, er, uh, Legolas does some swift work, for sure. Like, he kills he, – he takes out four wargs, including the scout, before the battle even starts. Yeah, that's totally right. I guess I also didn't realize – how like it also helps you to see how f- far in between uh or how far away the wargs are and uh, like the distance they have to cover so like yeah. it does give the the women and children a chance to like break off and go straight to Helm's Deep by taking the low road um this is a gruesome fight too I, I, the one thing i'm curious about is how did gimli get free after getting dogpiled by two wargs and an orc i don't know how did that happen I, maybe Aragorn pulled him out. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. But no, Aragorn's dead. Yeah, Aragorn's dead. Uh, I don't know how he got out. They don't. They don't. Um, they don't show it. They don't show it. But like Gimli's kind of worthless in this battle. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. But yeah. this is where the count starts. This is where no. he starts the count. Oh, he says, "Oh, that one counts as mine." Yeah. 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 And it's such good friendship where it's just like he's – they're just like – they're just broing out. And it's like, oh, that one counts as mine. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. my kill. Yeah. They're just I having a good time. It's real fun. It is. Um, but yeah, just like I love that the score is just pumping. But when they clash, the music cuts out. It is just the battle. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It works really well when they do that. They really – Yeah. It, the music cuts out. Uh, there's a moment where like Theoden like stabs an orc and then he turns around and like stabs a, a warg in the mouth and like oh. the warg is so huge like ah jump scare, it's crazy. But that's that's the training that the Rohirrim have, right? Yes, like he is so aware of his surroundings, he's so aware of his like he's so battle tested and everything. And any other cavalry would have gotten decimated, but they're so good on horses. That's the only reason why they were able to keep up. Yeah, it's so impressive. Um, and then we see sweet Aragorn get dragged off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Come on now, do better, Aragorn. Do <laughs> no, it's because he's too busy looking back at Eowyn. I know, right? He's he's just thinking about the ladies. He's distracted, man. He's not doing well. And this is such a sad scene where 
Theoden's right. You have to leave the dead. The wargs are going to come back. Like they're they're totally exposed there. But he says leave the dead and Legolas is the look Legolas gives would have melted a a lesser man than Theoden. It is sad because also like leave the dead. There's probably like you know fifteen twenty Rohirrim dead on the ground. But Aragorn's off a cliff. Like of course you're going to leave the dead. You can't even see him. (laughs) You know, but. It is, it is like heartbreaking for sure. It is because you know they're going to get eaten by wolves. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Like that's, it is dire straits in Rohan and they do such a good job of like displaying that in so many different ways. And the, the tend to the wounded and leave the dead like on just a, a battlefield just, oh, it's so bad. It is so, like that. there's so many demoralizing things that happen one after another and then they have to go to Helm's Deep with like no men. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, I And I don't remember, does Aragorn fall in the book too? No, I don't think there's any of this in the book. I think, right. yeah. And I was wondering, I think I made that note, I was like, I wonder why they did this. Was it so Aragorn could see the army? Or, like, because, oh. you know, Brago shows up and, and takes him back, but I don't know <coughs> why they why they show, like, why they decided to do this. That's a good point, because also there's an issue, what ends up happening, I think there's a lot of things that they have to explain when, because um, Aragorn doesn't look in the Palantir like he does in the book. So perhaps that's how they get him to see some of the lay of the land. Uh, I can't exactly remember all the things that he's shown in the plant here, uh-huh. but, but those, that army is one of them. So that's probably how they justified it. I think you're exactly right. Um, and, and they're doing this, they're setting this up in, um, in rings of power too, where the horse of a silder is let go because it doesn't want to serve anybody, but a silder and you know, they're going to have a silder found by the horse that um they let free so that'll be kind of a sweet moment um (laughs) then we have sauron inventing bombs oh well actually uh the rohirrim or you know the king and and the fighters get to um helm's deep eowyn learns that aragorn's dead they have potatoes there which is good news I mean, as uh, long as you got potatoes, you're good to go. They're they're good. Um, Start and making some Tito's vodka. <laughs> the kids are reunited with their mother. We get the scene where uh, the the only time two women talk to each other, which is actually not true, but still, that's basically the majority of. Uh, no, that's back in Edoras. That's back in Edoras, where before they leave for Helm's Deep. No, no, no. Oh, it is. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're right about that. But I think there's another scene where like a girl talks to another girl here. But again, it's so few and far between. Um, and then Saruman invents bombs. Yeah. I love I, it. I have a question, though. Why is Grima crying when they go outside to look at the... Well, first of all, Grima's surprised that there's that many orcs and men amassed. I'm an introvert as well, Grima. How do you not see an entire army amassing <laughs> outside your window? 10,000 people? Like, that's wild. <laughs> what? How? Is that why he's crying? Yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. Touch some grass, Warm <laughs> I mean, not with that color of a skin. He has not seen the light of day. Um then we get we go back to Treebeard carrying Mary and Pippin, and this is 
I love how they pay homage to Mary being like a smart baby. He uh, basically, uh, Treebeard like offhand remarks that like Isengard is there and Mary knows about this because in the books, while they were hanging out in Rivendell, he studied all the surrounding areas and all Mary has to hear is Isengard and he looks up so he can like see all this area that he studied in real time. Yeah. And it's really, you, you just, you don't need that explanation that he like learned all this stuff, but it's really nice because again, like I mentioned this last couple episodes, I conflate Mary and Pippin so often, but they actually do a pretty good job of distinguishing them. And this is one of those moments. I like it too. Like, Mary's completely aware of what's going on around him. Right. And it's such a great shot of the army as well to truly get, like, how huge it is. That right. That goes on for almost, like, a mile, basically. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's a very, it's, it's a very good scene, and it works very well. I, I'm... First of all, Liv Tyler's lips also deserve an Oscar. Yeah, I don't think I could ever break up with Liv Tyler or Arwen, I, either one. Like, I'd be like, you know what? We're going to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the uh, Grey Havens with you. <laughs> yeah. But does he think Brago's kiss is Arwen? Or is it Arwen it is. kissing it through the horse? Kiss me. <laughs> Instead of kiss me through the phone, it's kiss me through the horse. <laughs> kiss me through the Because, <laughs> I mean, the horse is, is getting, can speak Elvin, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There's something. I think there's something to that. I like it. I'm okay so, with it. so anyway, I think it's what it gets me through the horse. <laughs> yikes! Yeah. All right. Well, so Arwen and, and Elrond have have their coming to Jesus moment. She says there's still hope. Elrond is hopeless, and I don't know if that's necessarily true because very shortly after, we're going to have Galadriel commune with him. Um, he's not hopeless, but they know that. He's just trying to get Arwen the heck out of Dodge, I think. Right? Yeah. That's what's happening. I think he just doesn't want her to suffer the fate of, like you mentioned before, like and what we talked about. When we did our whole episode on Arwen, it really comes to light, like, how tragic her, how, how much her love means for Aragorn to the point where she knows what her fate is going to be. And it is yeah. Sad. It's the line of, like, you know, she stays because she has hope. She stays for you. She belongs with her people. Like, Elrond doesn't have hope. Like, he's got the gift of foresight. And, you know, we're going to talk about this uh, meeting of the minds between him and Galadriel right now. Like, Galadriel says, the quest is going to kill Frodo and Sauron is going to have dominion over this world. Right. Like, the, el- like the elves do not see this coming at all. Like they they think it's uh, Gigi's chat. Like it's over, <laughs> and and I and which is it makes sense that they're having this conversation with each other, the two elves, Elrond and Galadriel, because when they're trying to counsel everyone else, they go, "It could be this, or it could be that." You know, they yeah. never really explicitly say one thing or another. But I do think it's interesting that the elves think it's over. There's no hope, but. I wonder if they think that it's that it's over if the elves don't get involved. I think so. I think if they left it up just to men, then it would, it would be over. So, and because then once what the next part of our podcast, the next episode, we'll see whether or not the elves get involved. But I think that that's what's the this that's the conversation here. Yeah, like you know, she even says like, "Do we leave them to their fate?" Like, right. 
our time is ending. We, I mean, they could have just left. They've earned it. Thousands of years, ages, three ages of them putting in all the work and doing everything. And <coughs> like, it's a, it's a tough decision that they have to make. And like I said it before, like imagine being one of those uh, Rivendell L's or I guess Lothbor like, how did they get there? We'll talk about it next episode. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, you know, I, I do love this conversation where, okay, also, when she said the quest will claim his life, mm-hmm. did you think they were going to kill Frodo? Oh, no, not at all. You didn't? Okay. I like didn't know the if like, oh, did you? No, 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 no. Like, did you think that Peter Jackson was going to, that they were going to, like, change some stuff around and, like, you know, take some artistic liberties? I understand. Um, I can't honestly say I thought that, no. I don't okay. know how much this scene also left an impact on me either. Oh, I, this scene left a big impact on me. Did it really? Why? It did because, like, you know, movies don't always do a one-for-one one for any adaptation of what they're adapting. And so I remember I was like, oh, man, they might kill Frodo. Yeah, I think we were still in the era of a lot of true adaptations. Like, it wasn't until Breaking Bad comes along and you're starting to get, like, these anti-heroes and you know heroes dying or like i I remember when they killed off marissa in the oc huge Um, death huge huge, death huge like i I remember just like flabbergasted like you can't do that that's the main but that was also because she thought she was like she was being difficult on set and like to go go do other things and stuff and i didn't have that insider information i didn't know why you know what i mean like i just thought like what you can't kill this character and who's he gonna fall in love with so I don't think I was in this mode of thinking, oh, I could be betrayed by the creator. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah, I, so I, if you're feeling that, me, that's interesting. It made me think that, you know, like obviously I knew the story and everything. So I was like, I wonder if they're going to – and I remember in Return of the King and, you know, we'll get to it. I thought he might fall. Wow. Sure. I think that's right. Um, so they, I'm they sure got, that was the goal. Exactly. They wanted they, it you worked. to think that. Yeah. It worked on me, that's for sure. I think this is a perfect place to stop because it's so ominous. It's basically summarizing what we've gone up to, what we're about to experience in the last remaining movie and a third of our deep dive. Any grand takeaways from this part of the film? Just a lot of really, really great setup for what's to come in the final act, like seeing the desperation of Rohan, seeing how far the kingdom has fallen, seeing Aragorn slowly start to take the mantle of leader that he needs to, Um, seeing a possible romance uh, blossom with Eowyn, and it's still, like, all really great setup uh, for for everything, even people that know what's coming next, and especially for people that don't know. It's, like, it's just a lot of great setup. Yeah, and not boring either. No, like, you have so much... Like with the Ents, uh, with Gandalf saying like they're they're more powerful than they realize, and that's going to come into play. It's a lot of just really good stuff. These are good movies, you know. Surprise! Oh, I am actually shocked. True <laughs> well, story. we're so grateful to have you on this journey with us as we are watching these movies. As you know, the reason you're listening to us is because it means the same amount to you as it does to us. Ben and I love doing this every week with you as well. There's a couple different ways you can get involved. Uh, I would say probably the most important way is by becoming a Patreon member, like our dear Arsenal Roy 2K. You can do that over at patreon.com forward slash pot of the rings. Even just $2 a month gets you early access 
to an episode, um, which these days is about less than a day, uh, but we're kind of catching up and over the new year, we'll hope to be able to get you um, earlier content and extra content. But uh, you can help us do that sooner by supporting us sooner than then. You can also go over to our Instagram, uh, PoterPod, P-O-T-R-P-O-D, or PoterPod, or go to our Twitter at Pod of the Rings. Also, one call to action I'll, I'll ask is leave a review wherever you're listening to this show. That's the most simple way you can help us. That really does help us, uh, and we do this for you. So just give us a little help, and we'll appreciate it. Anything else you want to impart with our friends here? No, I'm good. This All is right. a great episode. Get This was a great episode. Tons to talk about. Even more to talk about next episode. And until then. Mayor Paz meet again. 